Welcome to the podcast. We're street smart, business smart, all kinds of smart people share their insights into the world of marketing, career journeys, and personal growth. So sit back and prepare to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity and drive your life and career forward. Tribe, I am excited to welcome my guest today, Ahmad Aman from Down Under in Sydney, Australia. With over 18 years of experience, he has achieved incredible success during his own sales career, which led Ahmad to become a top performing sales leader who has built tremendous operations, go-to-market strategies, and frameworks in the both B2B and B2C world. And his expertise has been gained across a broad range of industries, everything from fast-moving consumer goods, real estate, financial services. He has been there and done that. He is strategic, dynamic, and a true problem solver who brings enthusiasm and passion to everything that he touches. And he's pretty much been around the world. He's coached. He's done it all. And his keys to success in personal life relentlessly around focus and perseverance and pushing through. He's an incredible voice on LinkedIn, a creator. I am thrilled to have him on the show today. Ahmad, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on, buddy. It's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So I think I touched on a bunch of things there, but just to kind of bring my tribe up to speed. And, you know, I'm a recruiter. I, you know, I always ask this question. Ahmad, tell us who you are and what you do best, my friend. Yeah, sure. Um, I appreciate the intro. There's probably been a few updates uh, since then. Um, look, ultimately, I am a family man, and that's how I like to start off things. Um, I am a father of two beautiful daughters. Um, I have a four-year-old um, that drives me crazy. Um, we've got a 16-year-old. Um, that's a, So there's a big age gap there. Um, right. a, a beautiful wife that inspires me every day. That's, that's my family world, and that's what takes priority. Um, from a personal standpoint, or I should say a professional standpoint, um, I've got two things going on. There are two things to my world right now. There's, there's a sales thing. So I am a sales trainer. Um, I teach usually on social selling, which is uh, certainly my skill set. And I also um, am an ambassador for a company called Success Resources. Um, and we bring out some incredible people to a place near you. So um, you know, people like Tony Robbins and Gary Vee and uh, Richard Branson, so it's an opportunity to, to learn from them, um, represent the business and, you know, really help out other people by education. You know, that, that's awesome. And we'll definitely park success resources for a little bit. Um, but let's talk about sales, man. I mean, when you, when you came out of university or when you were coming out of school and everything, were you always like, I was born to sell, man. Was that always what you wanted to do or did you kind of fall into that? Like, let's take it back a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I definitely fell into that. So I actually studied um, commerce, business, um, marketing. So marketing was my main uh, major. And I thought I always wanted to be in marketing. So I mean, upon graduating, um, I was applying for, you know, junior marketing roles, um, you know, assistant brand manager, assistant product manager roles, um, and fell into the normal mistake of realizing that you needed a degree and about two years of experience, which I did not have. I had a degree, didn't have experience. Um, and so I actually tried for a good six months and couldn't find a role upon leaving. And I then fell into a call center role, um, which was something I was just going to do um, to earn a bit of cash flow. Um, and it was inbound calls, outbound calls. I was actually working for Coca-Cola right. Amatil. And that was my um, introduction into the sales world. 
Um, and I kind of liked it. Like I realized that I had a bit of a skill set for it. I didn't have to try as much as the other people that were starting off. Um, and I went from uh, call center, call center work, let's say inbound, outbound calls to doing direct selling and, and door knocking and nothing teaches you tenacity and grit, <laughs> you know, and the hustle of selling like door knocking. Nothing, nothing will humble you more than getting doors shut in your face and like oh, yeah. dogs probably jumped at you and screaming <laughs> kids and just weird. You probably some crazy stories about that. We'll save that for oh, over a beer when I, when, I, when I make I mean, my way down there one day. Let's, yeah, let's talk about, I mean, you know, let's talk about those early days, man. Right. Like, let's talk about, cause let's talk about a, a, a major fail. And it doesn't have to be major. Talk about something like where you, where you thought, you know, younger in your career, you think, you know, it all right. You think you're the king of the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like let's talk about a misstep where you were like, Oh, oh you know, I, I didn't do that right. I could have done it better. And what did you learn from that? Um, well, looking in hindsight now, um, I can probably just, uh, categorize all my mistakes in terms of the workplace into one thing. And that is not being true to my personal values. All right. And, and when you're younger, you don't realize how important personal values are and, and staying aligned with your personal values. And so a lot of what I can put my mistakes down to is being associated with a person, a business, a thing, a venture, an opportunity that simply does not align with my core personal values or I had not even realized what those personal values were. Um, you don't know when you're 22. Yeah. No, you don't think about it early on. Um, but it starts to get more and more important as you get older because you start realizing that, wait a second, I don't agree with this person's views or I don't agree with the way we're going to approach that or that doesn't feel ethical to me. Um, and that always leads to you know, some sort of um, disconnect. Yeah, it, it does. And it's so interesting too, because personal values evolve, right? Like you have your morals, you have your core, you have your moral compass, you know, so to speak, but values become so much different, especially, you know, when, when you have kids and, and then it becomes, you know, less about you and, and more about them. Um, and I, and I completely align and agree with that. So shifting a little bit to something that's really crucial in sales is confidence. And yep. some people have it at the gate and let's also be clear about it. Confidence is one of those things where you think you may have it, but you really don't, or you really don't know until you actually have it. Was there like that aha moment for you where you're like, you know what, I really have that confidence that I need to be successful in sales? Yeah, look, confidence to me is not something that you're born with. It's something that you practice. It's something that you learn. Um, and I've very much had to learn the concept and the practice of confidence. I mean, so when I was in my um, teens, um, through to maybe early twenties, I was shy as all hell. You know what I mean? I had problems looking people in the eyes, shaking people's hands. Um, I certainly wouldn't walk up to someone and have a conversation. Um, and so I realized early on that if I want to have doors open for me and opportunities to occur, that I actually need to build my confidence and work on this. Mm -hmm. And um, I went on a, no joke, maybe a 10 to 15 year journey, um, to learn the tools and skills that I needed to be as confident as, as you might see me to be now. Um, and that all started with one person, you know, I, I remember when I was at university and I was studying for my business degree. Um, this was a period when it was, it was a pretty low period for me when I was just really super shy and introverted and awkward, um, due to a number of things that happened in my childhood. Um, but I remember when I was, working at this pizza and pasta place. You know, I was a, I was a gourmet pizza maker while I was working at uni. I made a hell of a pizza too. I, I still bet. can. 
Um, but when I was leaving, I stayed there for about two years, but when I was leaving, my boss sat me down, the boss of this pizza joint, um, and he said, Ahmed, I see a lot of potential in you, um, but I need you to break out of your shell. And he actually gifted me, um, I don't know if you remember, and it's showing my age, but it was the Tony Robbins 30-day pro program called Personal Power, The Driving Force. Um, and it was a 24-CD disc set. Um, and it just taught you essentially the, the power of success conditioning. And that was a changing moment for me. One, because he gifted me this incredible gift. But two, because it was one of the first people that actually said they saw something in me and they saw something more in me. And so I actually started that program straight away. For the next 30 days, I got right into it. I wrote down my goals. I changed my attitude and it completely shifted my trajectory, especially towards confidence. Um, and from there, I started, um, you know, volunteering to MC weddings and doing anything I could to jump out of my comfort zone and build that confidence. And then, of course, getting, getting into sales, um, you're forced to deal with situations where you have to be confident. You know, when you do, do some door knocking, when you do some door knocking, as we touched on, you're getting rejected 99% of the time. You yep. know, if you're not able to deal with that, you're not going to survive. And so uh, Part it was of the a game. Yeah, no, I love it. Do you think it's fate that now that you're, you know, working, you know, with the Tony Robbins company? It's, it's incredible. Um, cause it's actually gone full circle, you know, yeah. and, um, I, I believe cool. it's, it's amazing. I, I don't believe in coincidences. You know, I believe everything happens for a reason. And sometimes things happen and you have to realize that they're billboards from the universe, from the universe, you know, it's, it's, a, it's the universe trying to tell you something. Um, and so I think it is fate. Um, I think it was meant to happen and it's meant to happen for a reason. I love it. So let's talk about success resources for, you know, there's people out there that, that maybe have heard of it. Um, what is the key difference between a success resource event and all these other events and conferences that are out there? What makes it different and why should people want to attend? Sure. So success resources has longstanding relationships with a lot of the most incredible minds on the planet. Uh, people like uh, Tony Robbins and Gary Vee and Sir Richard Branson and, you know, we, we bring them in to Australia and, and, and other cities, other countries. Uh, we do about 500 events per year. Uh, wow. We are the number one education um, and, and seminar running company on the globe. Um, but what differs us um, from, uh, from other people is our consistent and relentless need to bring new um, and, and cutting, cutting edge, edge, edutainment. Um, to a place near you. So when I say edutainment, um, something that's educational and entertaining at the same time. You know, what Tony Robbins does, for example, is he, he changes lives. Um, and so we bring out Tony Robbins to even just Australia uh, three times a year. Um, he does his signature events, uh, Date with Destiny, um, Unleash the Power Within, and we quite literally see um, Tony change lives you know, and people become the best version of themselves. Right. And how, and how does it work with, you know, cause it's not just Tony out there, right? There's a supporting cast and build up. Like, are there, are there themes yep. for events? Like, is it like local speakers? Like, how do you build that kind of, um, you know, wrapping around Tony? Cause Tony's not, the, Tony's a headliner, right? So what, what else do people get out of it aside from Tony? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Look, Tony, Tony will have his own events. So when we say date with right. destiny or unleash your power within they're specifically just Tony events. Uh, but we also do other events throughout the year. Um, let's say some, some smaller events where we do have a keynote the keynote could be um, a Gary V um, or a Grant Cardone or a Richard Branson or, or whoever it might be. And then there'll be also some, I don't want to use the word support, but there'll also be other speakers there as well. Perhaps a combination of local 
and international speakers. Um, and the way we like to work things is that essentially we're, we're looking to assist people with at least one of many things, you know, either health, wealth, career, business, um, entrepreneur, entre entrepreneurialism, uh, whatever it might be, but there's a speaker to target each one of those things. And then within, within each one of those things, there's a niche. You know, so within wealth, for example, wealth creation, it might be property or it might be stocks. You know, within health, you know, it might be things about fitness or diet or nutrition. Um, mindset, so I mean, yeah. mindset, you know, so, so we really do break it down. There's something for everyone. No, that, that, that's awesome. So let's shift gears a little bit. And for anybody who's following on LinkedIn, I mean, if you haven't seen Ahmad's uh, content there, he must be doing something wrong. I mean, let's call it what it is. This guy's built a, a tremendous following, um, really puts a lot of time effort into, you know, video production. So I want to talk about your content journey on LinkedIn. Um, I mean, were you always like, you know, like that first moment where you're like, I'm going to put myself out there. I have a story. I have a point of view. Let's go back to that a little bit. Where did that content journey start? Yeah, it's been an incredible journey. And look, I don't want to dramatize things but it has absolutely been life-changing for me just because of the opportunities that have, that have come off the back of it um i started my linkedin journey in september of 2018 um so literally maybe what eight, 18 months ago i've obviously started from zero i've now got a little under 200,000 followers um, and i've done that through the power of video content and also just being active and engaging on the platform um, so i when i started um i probably started my first video maybe in November of 2018 um, and I was terrified at the time you know I didn't want to do a video um, I knew it was going to be powerful uh, but I forced myself to do it um, I sat in the driver's seat of my car um, I wasn't driving of course I was parked good I was, I was about to, I was about to slap you on the wrist there yeah <laughs> just I hate that so just just don't drive in video and LinkedIn no, and no. not a good yeah, I, I see it all the time and doing a combination of looking at the road and looking at the camera. No, that's, that's not a good thing. Um, but I sat in the driver's seat of my car and I pressed record and it took me one hour to record a 50 second video. Yeah. yeah. And that's because I would record, I'd watch it back, I'd delete, I'd record, watch it back, delete. Um, just because I was, you know, self-conscious. Yeah, was looking, of course. It's natural. I was, I was focusing on stupid things. You know, I was, I was saying, oh God, my nose looks way too big in this or or my chin looks ridiculous, or the lighting is crap. Um, and I learned very quickly um, that sometimes done is better than perfect. And also, people do not care what you look like, what you sound like. Um, what they do care about, however, is your message. You know, and that's what's important to remember. If you have a message that you know can actually help someone, then you've got an obligation to share that message. And that's what I remember every time I do a video and, and try and put myself out there. Am I actually going to add value with this message? If I am, let's just go all in. And so that's how I started my journey. Um, I got maybe, I don't know, 30, 40 likes from that first video. Um, and, you know, each video from there, I tried to just increase the quality and make sure that I didn't just step up to the plate. I just knocked it clean out the park. Yeah, no, I love that. And I, and I think it's a hard balance for a lot of people that are coming onto the platform because they see folks like yourselves with, you know, these big numbers and putting out this like well-polished content. It doesn't have to be that. And I think you hit a really key point there that, that you should really kind of check yourself that you're adding some kind of value. And I don't want to be the LinkedIn police here and say yeah. that everything is because there is a balance of edutainment on the platform. 
And I don't want to get yeah. too deep into that side as well. But, you know, don't post for the sake of posting because you hear people. There's a lot of people out there giving bad advice. I mean, I call it what it is. Like, you must post three times a day. You must do that. You must do what feels right in your heart and what feels good for you. And, and, yeah. and don't feel that pressure because you know what? No one knows your journey. No one knows my journey, how long it took us to get to where we are, where we have the confidence and the ability to literally, like, say, for the most part, I'm caveating here, my friend, like, say whatever the hell we want on LinkedIn, because we have that confidence ability. And we built yeah. those audiences that want to hear what we have to say, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I hear, I hear so many people giving the wrong advice, um, people just trying to replicate, you know, the Gary V model, for example, <laughs> you know, people saying that you have to post four, five, six times a day. And what you end up with is just a bunch of white noise. You know, you end, end up with people posting for the sake of posting. None of their posts add value or very little value. The message gets lost and they're just trying to focus on quantity as opposed to quality. Um, I'm the complete opposite of that. And anyone that follows me will see that I post, I post once a day um, and every single post of mine, I aim, like I said, to knock it clean out the park. You know what I mean? I want to add some value there. I want it to be entertaining. I want it to either uplift you, educate you, or entertain you. Um, and that's what my aim is. So the other thing is, I'll talk a lot about video. Um, but there are some people that just regardless of how much they put into video, they're not going to be good at it. Let's, let, let's right. be real. You know what I mean? There are some people that just look awkward as hell on video. Um, my, my, and- my mom says I have a face for radio. You know, <laughs> you've got a beautiful face. I, I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> um, so look, my, my recommendation there is lean on your strengths. You know, if you're not good at video, if you're going to feel uncomfortable with video, despite how much time you spend on it, lean on your strengths. There are some people on this platform that I know that have built incredible followings, much larger than mine. And they haven't put out a single video on this platform. They've just put out articles. They put out text posts. Every Copy. single article or text post is incredible. Um, so lean on your strengths. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely. So let's talk about audience growth. I mean, you joined the, you know, uh, November 18, you know, November 2018, you know, how did you accelerate so quickly? What's the secrets to that? Um, a, a few things. So, I mean, I, I've had, I've been blessed to have a few videos go viral, which has definitely helped, but there's a bit of a journey there. Um, when I built a bit of confidence after doing some of my first videos, I put out a video towards the end of 2018. Um, and that video was probably what I call my, my breakthrough video. It was a video that um, was the first video of mine to go viral and really to kind of put me on a map there. So people were like, well, who's this guy? It was a video I put out called um, why don't recruiters like my name? All right. Um, the title was, you know, the title was meant to, yeah. to incite some sort of emotion. It's, it's, it's bait. Bait's okay. Sometimes. Yes. Yeah, look, as long as it's real bait, you know what I mean? Uh, yes. Yeah. You know, it has, it has to be real bait. So as long as the video actually then talks to the title. Um, but for me, it was a real story. You know, it was a story that talks about diversity, inclusion, um, bias, um, and things that I personally experienced. And to give you a bit of a summary without delving in, in it too much, um, it, was a, it was a story that I was, it was something that happened to me about six, seven years ago, um, where I found myself in between jobs. Um, I was applying for jobs. Um, I applied for about uh, 30 roles through you know, 30 different recruiters. Um, and the roles that I was applying for were roles that were very much within my skill set. You know, like I wasn't reaching for the stars. No, you're qualified. Roles, mm-hmm. These are all roles that I can absolutely do. And I ended up getting rejected from every single role. Um, you know, every single role. I didn't even get a callback, not the next step, nothing. Rejected. Um, and so I 
you know, like anyone else, you start feeling down considering how many roles you apply for in a process itself. I had a chat to some friends and, um, you know, we went through some of the examples and, you know, I should have been a shoo-in for some of these roles. Of course. And so we had, we had a bit of a laugh and we said, you know what, what if they just rejected you at the early stages because of your name? <laughs> and I, I was like, yeah, no, no, that doesn't happen. And, uh, and we thought about it for a bit. And the more I thought about it, I thought, you know what, let's conduct a bit of an experiment. And so I got my resume. I didn't change a single thing on my resume. All I changed was the name at the top of the resume from Ahmed Imam to the most anglicized name I could think of, which was Adam Smith. All right. I can't I mean, li every... literally, literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's literally the most anglicized name I could think of. Every other part of the resume stayed exactly the same. I sent it out to the exact same 20, 30 jobs and, and recruiters that I sent it to previously. And the next day, literally the next day, I received a call back from four recruiters. You know what? That I mean, a, it's, it, that was real. It's, it's true. I mean, that's my profession, man. I'm a recruiter and uh, bias is real. And it, it, it's, it's really tough because as much, I mean, I'm being completely honest, open book here. You have to really try to remove any biases when you're recruiting. You really do. And you really have yeah. to look at a skill set. and it's tough too. I mean, just to kind of flip the script too. I mean, it, it's even, I mean, I'm not making excuses for anybody whatsoever. Let me just yeah, caveat sure. that right there. But like, in this day and age, especially in the States too, there's so many people applying for jobs that require sponsorship or visas or any type of work authorization. And unfortunately with the current administration, it's literally impossible. And a lot of companies do not want to make that hire. So yeah. I know when I'm looking at resumes too, if I see a name that, you know, I mean, New York, US is a little bit different. I mean, there's so many different cultures here, but if I see a name that is not anglicized, as you said before, yeah. I am going to look at their education and see you know, where were they, you know, four years ago and, and, yeah. and that's real and it's unfortunate, but yeah. you know what? Like, listen, so, so th there are some people that, that don't even take that step, unfortunately. And what was amazing is that, um, the video shook LinkedIn a little bit and we had incredible dialogue in the comment section of that post. Yep. Um, and, and everything from, um, people that have experienced something similar to myself, but, um, even recruiters, um, coming on and saying, you know what? Um, I was recruited 10 years ago. Yes, um, this is what we did. We used to do this. We used to filter by name. We used to filter by yep. whatever it might be. Um, and just the topic just, you know, went a little viral, which was, which was incredible. Um, so I mean, you opened up the conversation. I mean, the, the power yeah. of one video. And it's a real story because there's a lot of people out there that are making fake shit up on LinkedIn, which nauseates oh. me that are, that are yeah. using like, you know, uh, I hired the homeless guy off the street and now he's the CFO of a company like, yeah. You know, but when you tell real stories from your heart that resonate, I mean, that's the difference. That's a true authenticity. Oh, look, that was, that was a video from the soul, you know, and, and yeah. you could just watch the video and see that it meant a lot to me. And look, I didn't put out this video to talk about racism. In fact, um, at no point throughout the video did I even mention the word racism or discrimination. I clearly mentioned the word, as you touched on before, bias. bias. And, and it, there's a big difference because there's intentional bias and unintentional bias. This wasn't racism. Mm -hmm. This was just a bias and a culture of bias that's occurred because it's been happening for a very long time. So I wanted to make that clear, but that was my, you know, that was the first video of mine that really got some traction in and got me out there. And from there, a lot of uh, other bigger names on the platform, um, you know, I, I started doing collaborations with and engaging with. So that that certainly helped. Um, from there, um, I became pretty consistent with videos. Um, and my model was that um, I would, spend about 30% of my time making videos that were 
relevant to my niche, you know? So for, for example, at the time when I started LinkedIn, I was in a property space. I'll do 30% of my videos dedicated to property and focusing right. on that niche. Like a niche yep. and going after that target smart. Mm -hmm. That's right. Going after that specific ideal client profile. And the other 70% of the time, I'd just be focusing on building trust, you know, talking about things that were true to me. I'm trying to build a community and, uh, you know, talk about things like, like values and my personal experiences and, and reach out asking questions. Um, so it's, it's been an incredible journey, no doubt. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And, and audience building is interesting too. And, you know, I mean, let's call it what it is. I mean, there, there's a very interesting conversation going on on LinkedIn and there's, there's, you know, people have different viewpoints on it, but like people are growing in different ways. Some people do it, you know, one by one, some people connect openly and there's a kind of a big divide right now of people that are literally like, I am open to connecting with everybody and me, you know, it's, I can't completely shit on them. I can't do that because it's not fair. That's their point of view and how they like to do things. You know, for me, you know, I'm a little bit more strategic about who I connect with and, and being a little bit more mindful because for me, I wouldn't say that numbers are not important because they are, right? But, you know, for me, I, I, I try to be intentional about who I connect with and who I speak with and other people are completely open. What's your viewpoint on, on open to everybody? Yeah, look, let's, let's break it down practically uh, because, look, yeah, numbers are great from a branding perspective and in terms of talking about your audience and reach, how relevant are all these people to you and your journey and your business? You know, that's, that's what exactly. we have to talk about. Relevancy is so, key. So, for example, I've got a little under 200,000 followers. Let's round it up to 200 just for the sake of this conversation. You can only have 30,000 connections on LinkedIn. That's your maximum. The other 170,000 people that I have, are just followers okay so connections are people that i have personally accepted or i've sent a connection request to and i make sure that every single one of my connections is a target connection they're people that i'm either absolutely going to do business with because they're in, within my target demographic or they're people i've got a very close relationship with i've spoken to previously um, or their prospects and that's how i like to keep it the other hundred and seventy thousand just went on my profile and pressed follow i had nothing to do with that okay so i have i have no issue with whoever follows me. You can follow me from wherever you want. And if you find value in what I do, then brilliant. I love you for that. Um, but connections should be targeted. And that's what everyone should really focus on. So people are trying to get there too quickly. So they're happy to open their connections to everyone and get to 30,000 30, connections real quick. But the idea is that you have to make sure that your foundation, which is your connection base, has to be quality. And from there, anyone who follows you can follow you. Yeah, that's interesting too. I mean, another big thing going on and, and I, listen, I mean, you see my content and I don't judge people on it is talking about engagement pods. I mean, people are using different ways to engage there too. And I just want to be completely clear on this, right? There, there's different types of engagement pods out there. There are ones where people are legitimately sharing with like-minded folks. And then there's the people who are using it to game the system and forcing people into it. Um, and there's people that charge for it too. And, that, and there's a couple of different schools of thought on there. What's your perspective on engagement pods? Um, so look, I've been in engagement groups. I've been in what you call a pod. And let me just say that there's a very, very big difference. And let me clarify that difference. Um, an engagement group is me going to my work colleagues and saying, um, look, let's support each other. We, we've got like-minded content. We're obviously here to, to support the business and whatnot. Let's get into a group. We'll share each other's links. Um, and I want to see your content. I want to support it. Um, but let's get into a group and assist each other. Okay. That's an engagement group. And it could be colleagues. It, it could be friends. Um, it could be people within your industry. It could be affiliates of yours in your business, whatever it might be. Um, 
A pod is very different. So pods were literally set up, as you mentioned, to game the system. They're quite literally usually a group of 30 people that have never met each other um, from completely random industries and, uh, and businesses. And it's usually organized by a pod leader, someone that sets up the pod and they initiate some rules. And the rules might be, I need everyone to like and comment on these posts within half an hour. Um, anyone that doesn't will be kicked out, blah, blah, blah. Um, quite literally a set of rules for adults. Um, and what you end up with is a whole bunch of um, ingenuine comments and engagement on your post. Yeah, so, and, and it's very easy to see who's in a pod. Um, you know, you'll see comments like, um, great work, Agree. Great video, nice shirt. A lot of automation, a lot of automated type stuff too. Yeah, because the, the, re the reason is if you have 30 people in a pod that are all sharing content, um, you know, you, you're not, if you're supporting every single one of those 30 people, you're not going to read the content. You're not going to watch the video. And so you just end up with a generic comment. How do you have time for that all day long? Like how do you, yeah. how do you really have time for that? And, and I, I think people just need to, you know, not feel like they need to do that. And I, I mean, it's a tough thing on LinkedIn because so many people are coming on here and I hear this because I connect with a lot of newbies too. It's almost an intimidation factor, right? Where they, they see people saying things and doing things and they think that they need to do that to be successful. And one of the things I talk about is like, you don't have to like be you, like don't always think about the numbers, try to be intentional um, with how you connect. And it's really about developing your own personal brand. Now, I love to hear this from folks like yourselves. When I say personal brand, right? It's kind of like the buzzword du jour right now. Everyone's talking about personal brand. But what is that definition to you when I ask you, Ahmad? Um, personal brand to me is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Okay, so, so what is it that you've created um, that people think about instantly as soon as they hear your name or they hear a reference? Um, and that's what's important to think about because everything that you touch, everything that you put your name to, everything that you represent is part of your personal brand. And for me, and this goes back to what we touched on a little bit earlier, Adam, and that's personal values um, at, at your core. So for me, when I started this journey and I really started to um, build a following and realize that there was, there was a lot of eyes now on what I'm doing, made me think about who I am, what I represent, um, and what my personal brand is. And so I, I realized that the best way to approach this um, and build that strong foundation is to take it back to personal values. And so I actually went through an exercise with one of my coaches and we got... Um, we got a hundred post-it notes. We wrote a value on every single post-it note. We threw it on the wall and slowly I just pulled off any um, values that didn't really resonate with me. Um, and over the course of about half an hour, we ended up with about 10 values on the wall. Um, and I then narrowed that down to five. And from there I narrowed it down to my core intrinsic value. And that gave me a very, very solid foundation to go, to go forward with that. Yeah. I mean, and that's a foundation too. And, and, and your definition resonates so much with me, right? It's like, what is that social proof of what are people saying about you um, when you're not looking? Absolutely. What if, I mean, what advice would you give people who are coming on the platform and, and trying to find their voice and, and trying to like establish themselves? Um, a lot of like people not sick of content type. Yeah. 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 A lot of people jumping on the platform um, are looking to the wrong people. Um, and, and what I, what I mean by that is, um, I've spoken to a lot of people that jump on a platform and are frustrated, um, because they're seeing really, really low quality content that gets very high engagement. And they're thinking, how the hell is that even possible? 
Um, and yes, that touches on engagement pods because um, one thing about engagement pods that has done that I will never forgive it for <laughs> is it's made very, very bad content, low quality, crappy content rise to the top. That's, um, that's it, one of the number one reasons why I hate, hate, hate them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's plenty of it. So, I mean, you'll see your, you'll see your fluffy cat videos and dog videos that have thousands of views and you're thinking, what is going on here? And I could do that. Easy. <laughs> Anybody can do that. It's not difficult. Look, if you've built a following off creating original engaging content, all the power to you, because that is not easy, you know, because that is a strategy that is a process. Um, so, I mean, if you've built a following off of doing third party content, I'm sorry to say <laughs> that's, that's not a skill set, and you're also not building a brand with that. No. You, build, you build a brand with your own original content. There's but no value the there. None. I mean, but I mean, listen, some people are, I mean, let's call it, it is. some people, I, and I've heard this argument back to me where, and I kind of get it where some people are like, you know what? I come here just for the cat videos and that's value <laughs> to me. That's a value to me. You know what? But then you are meant to be my connection because we don't share the same LinkedIn. You know, you're not, we're not on this platform for the same reasons, right? Yeah, that's you know, right. That's and right. You're not meant to be part of my tribe. You're not. And that's what it is. I, I, I think that's, um, that's extremely critical, right? Yeah, 100%. And look, if, if you're looking for cat videos, you're not going to follow me. <laughs> Why would you? I'm not going to provide you any. So my, my advice for people jumping onto the platform, do not look to the people with high engagement. Focus on yourself, focus on your journey and focus on your message and be consistent with it. Know that it's going to take some time until you build some traction. It does take some time. I got very lucky with my journey because some of the initial videos I did. If you're you know, three months into your journey and you're still getting one or two likes on your videos, please continue to persevere and continue to do your thing. Don't feel tempted to put out a cat video just so you can get some large engagement. Continue doing your thing. And there's practicality behind, I'm sorry to cut you off there. No, I'm, I'm nodding, I'm agreeing with you, yeah. Oh, good, good. There's practicality behind building a following and building a brand. And so I did very practical things when I started and I set myself these goals. Um, and you know, if, if you can adopt them, then great. Um, you'll probably have similar success to me. Um, I would narrow down what I've done into three categories, connecting, posting and engaging. And again, like I said, I'm going to break it down practically. When I say connecting, I connected with about 20, 30 targeted people per day. I'll send them personal invites, um, something, um, you know, that would entice them to actually connect with me. And I'll do that 20 to 30 times per day. Um, I would engage on the newsfeed. I would literally just go onto the newsfeed and spend 30 minutes each day just engaging on people's posts. And I'd be very strategic with that engagement. Right. I'm engaging with people that um, have large followings, people that are within my niche, people that are influencers already, just so I can be more visible with a very, very um, you know, nice value. It's, it's, it's strategic and intentional. Correct. Very much. And posting. Let me put it this way. People ask the question, how often should you post? Um, your goal if you want to build a large brand and following and influence is to make sure that you're constantly in the newsfeed. That doesn't mean posting four or five times a day and posting. It's not Twitter. No, it's not. When I say be relevant, be, um, be visible in a newsfeed, it's a combination of posting and engaging. The post on LinkedIn generally has a lifespan of about 48 hours. So that, that tells you if you want to stay in the newsfeed, you should be posting at least once every two days, in my opinion you know, at, at a minimum. And that doesn't mean video it can be a text post, a video, an article, just post something at least once every two days. 
that has value. The other thing is engaging. You can be visible via engagement as well. So make sure you're, you're engaging. Like we said, it's methodical, it's intentional. Um, engage strategically on people's posts and make sure you have value-add comments. If you do that, you'll constantly be in your newsfeed day in, day out. Your connections will see you in your newsfeed. Um, their, their connections will see you in a newsfeed. They'll click on your profile and you know, hopefully click follow or connect. Um, and that's how you grow your following over a period of time. It's, it's exponential. So something kind of fun that I like, uh, I started getting a couple of trolls and haters and <laughs> I, I got one the other day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it to you. Let's see if I can yeah, find love it, it here. And love I, it. I love it. Wait, this is the best one. So I went on LinkedIn Live yesterday uh, and I'm not going to read this person's name, but I love sure. it. Quote, you are truly the most annoying person on LinkedIn. I have turned off every <laughs> notification from this app and still somehow get notified every time you go live. Jesus Christ. And I, I was so happy. I'm on. I was like, holy shit, I finally got a good troll. I mean, listen, I, I love Shay Robottom. She's somebody, which is great because yeah. Shay and I have a very interesting relationship. I had her on the show also. We, yeah. we agree to disagree on a couple of key things, but we have such a mutual respect for each other. We collaborate well too. But I love how she, she talks about this all the time. She's like, how to take those trolls and kind of turn them uh, into being fanatics and being fans too. So what, what do yeah. you do? I mean, listen, you have 200,000 followers. I'm sure there's some people that talk shit and want to throw shade on you and everything. How do you deal with trolls? Oh man, I've had, uh, I've had every single troll you can possibly think of. It's yeah. hilarious. Um, and that was, that was a great one too. I mean, he started off strong. <laughs> oh, he, she is great. Yeah. <laughs> it made me laugh. Uh, I left. I was like, yes. I showed it to my wife. I'm like, you got to see this. Oh, look, the best thing about trolls is that I, I love, the, I love the comments because I actually share it with friends and family and you just have a good laugh. Um, cause why would people take themselves that seriously? But I mean, we'll one of the comments that I had is I received a direct message from someone, um, and you can call it a troll or just maybe a, a very weird fan. Um, but he, he sent me a message and the message said this, it went, um, dear Ahmed, um, I just wanted to, I just wanted to tell you something. I was just on your profile and I had a look at your profile photo and I noticed a mistake. Um, your, <laughs> what did he say? He goes, um, your sideburns are not even. And I was like, what is this guy even talking about? And I went to have a look <laughs> at my profile photo. I had to click on my profile photo. I had to zoom in and the guy was right. <laughs> my sideburns were not even. Wow. And I'm thinking, how much time did this guy spend looking at my photo to come up to me with that? But you bring up an interesting point too. And I had this conversation with Jordan Paris yesterday that sometimes the trolls are actually good because there's truth, a little bit of truth in, in some of the things that they say. And my wife, when I showed her that post, she goes, I mean, you are kind of annoying sometimes. I don't think you're annoying all the time. I don't think I would go to the extent and say you're the most annoying person on LinkedIn. They are, I think you and I could easily come up with a list together right now of 10 people that are much more annoying than me, right? Like easily. So maybe, maybe 20. Right. But there, there's a little bit of list here. So we, we have a good laugh on that. Um, let's bring it home here. You know, I love to ask pretty much the same questions to all my guests because I love to get the perspective. I love to get different viewpoints on it. Um, what does the word authenticity, authentic mean to you, Ahmad? Yeah, look, that, that's a word more than anything that's thrown around on this platform. And I think it's completely lost meaning. Um, I, I like to keep it very simple. For me, authenticity on the platform, on video, if that's what you're referring to, is being as real on video in your content as you represent yourself, as you are if you and I were to meet face to face. If you were to meet me face to face, you know, the biggest compliment you could probably give me is 
you are exactly as you appear on your videos. You know what I mean? And that's, that's authenticity to me. So it's okay. not putting on a facade, not putting on a farce, a character in order to try and, you know, build a, build some sort of false narrative or persona. It's just being who you are in real life and, and being comfortable with that. Yeah, absolutely. And what's the single greatest piece of advice that you have received that you take action on every single day? The best advice I've ever received is actually from um, a spiritual teacher named Wayne Dyer. Um, he wasn't my personal spiritual coach. He's just someone that is a mentor to me. Um, and the advice that he gave was, don't die with your music still in you. Okay. And, and what he means by that is, everyone has their music in them. You know, everyone has a thing, you know, for some people it's um, quite literally, they have some sort of composition um, that they want to get out or they have a, a song to sing somewhere, or maybe it's, they have a really deep need to travel around the world and write poetry. Um, or maybe it's, it's a need to design shoes, whatever it is, don't die with your music still in you because that will be the single handed greatest regrets um, later in life. So yeah, that's a good one, man. Play. That's a good one, man. I love it. And, you know, what would you say the date is your greatest professional accomplishment? My greatest professional accomplishment? Um, wow, that's, that's a really good question. Look, I'm, I'm very proud of where I'm at now. Um, and where I'm at now has been really um, a culmination of a lot of pain, <laughs> a lot of pain throughout my personal I life. I hear you, brother. And, and throughout my career. Um, and so I'm really at a stage in my life where I'm comfortable with who I am. I'm comfortable with where I'm at and I'm on a journey of growth. You know, we spoke about personal Love values it. before my core intrinsic value is growth. As long as I continue to grow, as long as I'm a better person in five years time than I was five years ago, I'm good. And that's where I'm at now. Awesome. Fucking amen, man. And you know, when I ask this question, I, you know, I ask people what their superpowers and I'm not asking you if you could fly or be invisible or be Superman or you know, fly to Oleg's house or anything like that. Um, but what, but uh, don't get me started. I don't know if you think it's a real person. I'll be honest with you. I don't think it's a real person. But anyway, I digress. What, Ahmad, what is your superpower? What do you do better than almost anyone in this planet that makes you so unique and special in who you are? Um, it's something that I have uh, really practiced for a very, very long time. It's, it's my ability to present, my ability to speak, and my ability to make people believe in them because um they see what i've done in my journey which is to go from being a shy awkward um you know introverted kid um to doing what i'm doing now and if people can believe in themselves as a result of that transformation that i've done then brilliant um but uh yeah i, I would say it's my ability to present speak and just be who i am um unapologetically i love it and and last but not least right listen you've been in some bad dark places like all of us and there were those times where you really needed to dig down deep and really reach inside and 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 find something and look to something to pull you up and on the inverse of that where you are now you're freaking happy as hell success career family everything that you wanted in those two moments you had to look up and find something whether it be gratitude or to pull you up amad amad what is your north star well that's a brilliant question i love that um, you touched on it. It's absolutely gratitude, you know, and, um, it's, it's not sweating the small stuff because we tend to do that. And when I talk about a lot of my dark times, it's dark times that I've actually put myself through, you know, from, from overthinking, from wondering what this person's saying, wondering what that person's saying. And I end up getting into a very, very, um, quick downward spiral. Um, but, um, being grateful for the things I do have in my life 
and also thinking back and being proud of the things that I've accomplished, regardless of how small they are or how I've made someone feel, absolutely helps the journey. Um, and then when you combine that with a very, very strong and audacious vision, um, you know, you'll build some momentum and it'll get you out of those dark places. I love it. Well said. Ahmad, thank you so much for, for joining me today. Where could folks find you? Where could they connect with you? Perfect. Um, look, connect with me on LinkedIn. Send, send me a DM if this is where you're watching me. Um, otherwise, um, you can you know, reach me via success-resources.com. Um, I also do a lot of uh, social selling workshops, teaching people essentially what I've done on LinkedIn. Um, so again, um, send me a message and talk to me about that. But uh, yeah, you won't miss me on LinkedIn these days. No, no. And if he's not in your feed, then you're doing something wrong. Ahmad, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, let's certainly continue this conversation. You know, I love our rapport that we've built uh, and helping each other out. I mean, that's really what it's all about is collaborating over competing. And I think that's a key takeaway, right? Like tapping into other people's knowledge, their wisdom and doing it with enthusiasm, care and courage. Certainly appreciate you, Ahmad. And thank you so much for coming on today. Love it. Thank you so much. And uh, let's, uh, let's do it again soon. Awesome. And to everyone listening, thank you again for joining us on another hopefully awesome, amazing edition of the podcast. I really do tr truly appreciate everyone you know, for subscribing and listening. I know your time is valuable. I know your time is limited. Um, and if you love the show, please share. Please leave a rating, a review. It means the world to me. Remember, take your online, offline. Take care. And everyone have a great day. And catch us next week for another great episode of the podcast. Take care. Wisdom is forever. But for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.